welcome to Manage Expectations. We watch the biggest new movies and shows, giving our non-spoiler expectation of them before we watch them, and then review them afterwards. Lockdown is easing here in the UK, but the podcast is once again being recorded from our homes on opposite sides of London. My name is Gishard, though, and in my headphones is Tim Kennington. Hello, hello, hello. This week, it's quite an interesting one, because whilst it is a, a new release, it's not a new thing. It's something that's been out for a, a few years. It's the most successful Broadway musical of the modern era, um, featuring hip-hop-influenced music and starring the 2016 cast, amongst others, of David Diggs, Jonathan Groff, Chris Jackson, Jasmine Cephas-Jones, Leslie Odom Jr. and, of course, Lin-Manuel Miranda. This particular production was shot on Broadway at the Richard Rogers Theatre in 2016. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Father without a father got a lot farther by working a lot harder by being a lot smarter by being the self-starter. Hamilton tells the story of founding fathers of the United States of America by focusing on Alexander Hamilton, the first secretary of the Treasury and an influential economic thinker and a leading promoter of constitution of the USA. So, <laughs> with all of that in mind, uh, give me your uh, initial impression. You, you've seen Hamilton. I've seen it, yeah, you? I've seen it twice, um, kind of through luck more than anything else, because it is and has been since its release a, a hot ticket, a difficult one to get hold of. I think it's brilliant. So to take something that is so on surface level dry and to make it into something that is so vibrant and clever and witty and fun. And I've seen it once with a group of friends that included somebody who's way more knowledgeable about hip hop than I am, who kind of loved it for the little references and the clever things that Lin-Manuel Miranda does within hip hop. And then the second time I went to see it, I went and saw it with my dad. He's not into rap in any way, shape or form, Um, but he loves musicals. And he found it amazing. He just found it so um, visceral and engaging. I'm I'm trying to work out whether it's something that's going to work really well as a TV translation or not, because for me, it's, it is about the cleverness of the wordplay and seeing these incredible performances rather than the spectacle of the show. It's quite an almost deliberately drab set in that it's, you know, kind of just brown walls and ropes. So it might be something that benefits from close-ups and 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 what however i don't think that there's been any attempt to make it into like a movie spectacle you're right i think so it's directed by thomas kale and um, the director of the show Uh, they've been saying to press that they've been trying to keep it simple in terms of the camera movements and i've been watching some of the you know national theater lives and the rsc lives and it's just incredible what sort of just really simple you know wide shots and singles you don't have to do anything completely complex Mm. i think the last one i saw was frankenstein filmed in a very simple way because the actual stage show itself was so kind of narratively and visually impressive that you don't have to put loads of bells and whistles on it
I'm a very lyrical person and so that's kind of what I fixate on when I listen to songs. I find it quite difficult to just listen to the soundtrack. I find it really interesting that people have listened to the soundtrack loads before seeing the show. It just takes too much of my attention. Whereas watching it in in the show environment is perfect because you get, you know, that's the focus of your attention. Yeah, my entry to the production has been listening to a couple of the songs. I think I listened to the soundtrack on on a flight back from Japan. You know, when you're just like, I don't want to look at the screen in front of me anymore. I'm just going to plug in to, the, to listen to a movie soundtrack or something on a plane. Um, when I watch this, it's going to be nice kind of putting that concert element with some sort of visuals to it. I don't have that sort of thing to compare it to. So I think I'm probably going to go in with like, a five on this mainly because my expectation is so high from what everybody said about how magical Hamilton is unless they've really messed it up some way in the recording of it it's it's gonna be a five-star experience it's an operetta as well so there's barely any spoken dialogue I seem to be predispositioned to assume that I'm not going to like anything that's mega popular. And I was a bit sniffy, I suppose, about Hamilton just because of the idea that you could only get tickets if you bought tickets a year in advance or you paid like over £100 for per yeah. seat. And then I was very, very lucky that a friend of mine had bought four tickets, forgot that she had bought four tickets, had sorted out her and her two mates and then the day before the show literally just rang me up and went do you want to come and see Hamilton tomorrow and I was like yes that is exactly that's exactly the level of organization exactly that I want, I want to see to do in my life I mean I assume Disney already owned the rights to this because they own everything and if you go up into their if you go up into their parent companies and all that kind of stuff around now they're launching both Hamilton and Frozen 2 on the Disney Plus service and they've gotten rid of completely the free trial so i think they're well aware that there was there's a lot of interest in this people are gonna be paying 6.99 for this yeah but considering that last week we were talking about king of staten island the fact that in order to get that you had to pay 14.99 6.99 for a disney plus subscription where you also get hamilton the musical and i can think how obsessed people are with hamilton that they want to watch it over and over again anyway i mean so are you going in with quite a high if all they're doing is giving it clean camera moves and just showing you what is happening on stage then it's a five-star experience both times i've seen it it's not like i've been front row of the stalls right there able to you know smell them yeah i've been right at the back in in the cheap seats both <laughs> times cheap seats. yeah so so <laughs> it, it, it's not really like you lose anything apart from that buzz of being in a theatre because not only is theatre in a lot of situations prohibitively expensive but theatre like Hamilton is not only expensive but it's geographically locked yeah you know you can be quite affluent but if you can't get to London you can't see it you know speaking as somebody that is at the very least tangentially involved in theatre I think anything that keeps people excited and engaged in theatre is really important because when they finally open they're gonna need so much support and so many people and 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 so much stuff so I think yeah you're gonna watch it in the evening and like pretend like you're in the theatre when you watch it yeah because that's what I'm gonna do I'm looking forward to seeing Hamilton yeah go on I'm gonna see Hamilton it's it's 
it's it's a weird one, isn't it? This so the the kind of managed expectations side of it. It's just Jew going. Let's see if this lives up to the hype of being one of the most popular stage shows of the last ten years. <laughs> like, I mean, it probably is going to, isn't it? Although I yeah. will be fascinated if you hate it. I will love it. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I'm probably the only person in the world who didn't like Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Let's hop forward a couple of days into future. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So it is a rainy Tuesday, overcast Tuesday, and on uh, the weekend I watched Hamilton. When did you watch it? Um, I watched it on Sunday. On Sunday. I, I finished it and then I skimmed back through it and revisited the songs. Like That's how much I actually enjoyed watching it. Oh, I think cool. it's probably safe to say that this part of the review won't be won't be me going. I hated every second of it. This is shit. You shouldn't watch it. <laughs> I love the staging and the musicality and performances. But when we've been away between the first part of this recording, second part of the recording, there has been some controversy stirred up about Hamilton. It's obviously been going on for a while, but. There was a 3rd of July viewing party on Twitter, people complaining about the romanticisation of people who were around at the days of independence. So George Washington, who's in it, owned 300 slaves at Mount Vernon, who punished them when they ran away. There was applause for Jefferson when Jefferson arrived at the start of Act 2, but obviously this is a man who made the, the Louisiana Purchase, yeah. like ridding Native Americans of their tribal land. The context of it being 4th of July weekend, Donald Trump doing that massive rally at Mount Rushmore, people are now realising, hang on, is it okay to have a theatre production and now a massive Disney movie and just really shone a light on the problems of America's founding fathers. Uh, it's now reaching a really, really wide audience at this specific time. So I think that it's fair that, you know, even Lin-Manuel Miranda on Twitter said, um, I'm just going to read out the tweet. He said, all criticisms are valid. The sheer tonnage and complexities and failings of these people I couldn't get or rested with, but cut. I took six years and fit as much as I could into a 2.5 hour musical. Did my best. It's all fair game. So I think that he's at least acknowledged that there are some shortcomings in being able to portray these people in all of their complexities and all of their history. And it's a really interesting thing, I think, looking at the show through the filter of where we are now compo- compared to where it was when it when it released. It feels to me celebratory of America and celebratory of the the multinationality of America, the 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 line immigrants we get we get things done being kind of a a really big line for for this, but also from where it's come from. And that was because it was released in this very progressive and hopeful view of America. It's an, a, a difficult thing. And I think the fact that he's accepted it and that he's apologised is good. I mean, this is maybe a whole entire separate thing, isn't it? Whether we should be um, judging it on its artistic merits, not taking that into account. I think it was important to maybe bring that up before we go yeah. into discussing it as a production anyway. This is Hamilton. Yeah. 
So there are some real standout performances in this. It, of course, won 11 Tony Awards out of, I think, 16 when it was first on the stage and multiple nominations for individual characters. I personally don't think that there's a dud performance in this. I didn't see any particular actor who I thought isn't bringing anything to the ensemble. Like, everything moved really flawlessly, like, people feeding off each other. The timing was perfect. So David Diggs, who you might recognise as the lead in Netflix's Snowpiercer, was excellent in Lafayette. And Jefferson's, he plays the dual roles, considering the fact, the fact that he had to do a lot of character development for Lafayette in the first act with this heavy French accent. I thought that was incredible. And he comes on beginning of the second act, completely transformed characterization of Jefferson. Philippa Sue as Eliza and her sister Renee Elise Goldsbury as Angelica, like they demonstrated really great vocal range and their refrains were a really nice constant throughout it, I thought. Leslie Odom Jr., who is responsible for kicking off the whole show, he's a great dancer as well as singer he has this amazing like impassioned tone to his voice jonathan groff as king george he only has a few moments on stage and he really really uses those well it took me a little while actually to get into um leslie adam jr's aaron burr just because it was so much more subdued than what I had seen. So one of the things that I found really interesting about this this performance of it is it felt to me quite quite a bit more restrained than when I've seen it in the West End. Right. When I saw it in the West End, I'm going to murder a pronunciation now and I apologise, but um, when I saw it in the West End, I saw it with Sificio Mazibuko as um, Aaron Burr and he played Burr as a lot more arch and kind of a lot bigger and I really enjoyed that. Again, it's sort of being in a theatre and seeing it theatrically. Whereas I think Leslie Adam Jr.'s performance of it, you kind of see that internal conflict a lot more. Mm. The fact that Burr is is sort of worried to do things. And it it feels really obvious to say it. But the other performance that I found really interesting was um, Lin-Manuel Miranda. The two times that I'd seen Hamilton prior, I'd probably always viewed Hamilton as the weakest character in the show. Uh, and that's nothing against the actors necessarily, but I just always found that his character was so subdued and and, and quiet compared to these bigger characters mm. around him. Seeing Lin-Manuel Miranda play it and seeing the joy and the twinkle like mm. that he brings to that role, that Hamilton suddenly seemed kind of a lot more charismatic and charming. You could you could feel his presence from the offset, yeah. and it's obviously as well because he wrote the music, like he wrote he wrote the book for this. So yeah. you can feel that he has this sense of like ownership and almost this. It's like when you see directors in their own movies, that kind of presence in every single scene. Shall we talk a little bit about the the seven minutes of King George? So Jonathan Croft. He voices Kristoff in Frozen 1 and Frozen 2, but he's also in Mindhunter. And I absolutely freaking loved Mindhunter and I was so gutted that it got cancelled. Um, ah. Mindhunter, if you've never seen it on Netflix, it's amazing. If you love serial killers, then you'll like this. Um, <laughs> uh, Jonathan Groff is incredible. And he could have, when he comes on, he kind of camply sashays across the stage with one foot in front of another. And I saw an interview with him on uh, Colbert and he said that apparently when Beyonce came to see the show she came backstage and told him that she wanted to steal his walk and I was like I can definitely picture that it's very Beyonce walk but he plays it with sort of like this this strange possessiveness kind of cloaked in mink his stillness and his walk comes from the fact that his crown was really heavy to wear so he's literally just laden down his intensity like the madness that he brought to the role was perfect his voice is great but um but also he 
he just he spits when he's singing yes. and they have these close-ups and probably if you were at the back of the auditorium you wouldn't notice it but because he's so close up he spits i thought that was because him him bringing like the madness of george the role it turns out that he's no he's just a spitter when he sings oh really i him. thought it was that yeah, as well yeah. i thought it because yeah. I, I was watching it just going oh how in like like it was really good to get those close-ups and see kind of the big eyes but i also thought that the spitting was maybe not like a I'm going to make King George spit, but but just yeah, character the, choice, the, yeah. yeah, the intensity. Whenever you watch Frozen in the future, you'll know just how how damp the recording booth was afterwards. <laughs> yeah. um, I also found out an interesting fact today, which is um, the line "You'll be back" like from his song is apparently because Lin Manuel Miranda and Hugh Laurie were working on a project together, and uh, Lin Manuel Miranda told Hugh Laurie that he was something that he was working on, which featured uh, you know the Declaration of Independence, and and Hugh Laurie said like, "Oh, you'll be back." Um, and then that's where that line comes from, which I thought was quite a nice little celebrity factoid. Do you want to know my little factoid about that song? Uh, what is it? In the line, Ocean Rise, Oceans Rise, Empires Fall, the music gets lower. So it's Oceans Rise, Empires yeah, Fall. Up. I was really um, surprised by that. Yeah. And that's based on the fact that Let's Go Fly a Kite, the music goes in the opposite direction to what you assume... Um. Uh, um, so it's like the fact it goes, let's go fly a kite. That goes down wow. instead of up. Um, and that's what he based it on. It's a dissonance between the lyrics and the music's doing the opposite thing from the lyrics. Since watching it last night, I probably listened to, to the music from Hamilton about 10 times today, just in the background while I've been at work. But but also, I mean, full props to the staging of this is great. Uh, and I thought she thought that, because we haven't really addressed so much of it being a, a film <laughs> Right, yes, okay. So it's mostly filmed in white, but there are moments where they cut in for close-up. They cut in at the right moment because the staging itself isn't... There isn't a lot going on, but I think it's probably right to kind of keep it to the atmosphere of being in the theatre, like you're watching it like you would be somebody watching it from a theatre seat. And I think that's important because this is a production which was built so heavily on the idea of like, wow, you get to be in the theatre watching Hamilton. I think so too. I think it was done in the way that I was hoping a fairly unobtrusive camera work and and just sort of let you see what is going on the thing that I liked though is that I found watching it as a movie so much clearer than watching it in the theater so you then begin to pick up both in the sound quality you can pick up kind of the the nuances of the songs if there's one thing that I love more than anything in the world it is clever wordplay so yeah. this musical is a real sensorial treat for me. But even even so, I kept, I found that we were pausing it a lot more in order to just double check what they were saying or also mm. figure out like little references because there's lots of moments either lyrically or musically that are kind of riffing on iconic hip hop moments as well as iconic musical theatre moments and all that kind of stuff like obviously emotionally and atmospherically go and see, you want to see it at the theater to get the full whack of the whole thing but i thought this was the perfect way to see it a second or third time right. if you have the choice of how to see it first go and see it at the theater so it is the theater but then to watch it again like this so that you can start to go like okay i know i know this show let's 
pick up the details. When you just mentioned details, I think there are two scenes which actually play with the conventions of the staging and they play with they play with time really cleverly. A rewind moment during the song Satisfied. And then yep. there's also the bullet moment, obviously, mm. at the end. It's so clever actually that I really wanted to rewind it and then go back and watch that scene again. So that's the ability, obviously, with being able to have yeah. it in your living room. You could go back and skip to bits before and look out for one particular thing that I was reading about today. Is it in Ariana DeBose? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So, so basically, Ariana DeBose in this film plays the bullet. So there's one dancer in every single production who plays the bullet. And they're never introduced like that, but the actions that they take are emblematic of death in the production. So go really close up to cast members that are about to die or when Burr uh, is writing um, the jewel challenge out, like as she hands uh, Burr the quill. Whenever there's something about death mentioned around Hamilton, like she's always there. I'm probably going to go back later and just skip to points and find her, which is obviously the beauty of being able to have the recording of it. A little thing that was film specific that i wanted to to run past you which is making this performance accessible i suppose in order to get this performance onto disney plus they edited two the f-bombs yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) two and a half f-bombs in in hamilton two of them get edited out and the half one is allowed to to stay in it did that affect your enjoyment no, I don't think it did. I mean, I'm very used to actually seeing stage productions which are quite kind of PG-13 anyway. So, you know, I've been to see the big musicals in London and, uh, you know, the, the big Disney ones at least. Like, you don't expect anybody to be saying the F word in The Lion yeah. King. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's lots of, you know, like sexual tension, but there's no one actually saying the, the word fuck. I'm not adverse to it being censured in that way. Um, it doesn't seem to detract from the meaning or the innuendo in those circumstances. I, I do not. I did not even notice until I read about it later. So um, right. one of them is in Hercules Mulligan and it just get, got muted and I didn't notice that at all. Mm. And one of them is the line Southern, Democrat, Southern Democratic Republicans where um, motherfucking must remember to tick the explicit box when uploading this podcast uh, <laughs> but when uh motherfucking is replaced with a like a, a vinyl scratch are you going to give this any less than a five out of five again then i mean you're no, going in with a five and five no it's gonna stick it on with a five yeah i think i'm pretty much up there with a five as well uh it was a five out of five pleased with having getting to see hamilton and it was nice to see the original cast recording the thing that we've not asked is did it live up to the hype for you as somebody that has waited quite a long time and then had years of this being lauded i really liked it but it's probably not the best musical i've ever seen but i really really enjoyed it Um, and always it's I think a side effect of being British is by going, oh, it's probably not the best musical I've ever seen. Makes it sound like I didn't like it. Like it's probably in my top five best musicals I've ever seen. But it's not the best one I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of musicals. Did five years of hype temper your viewing in any way? Trying to express this in a coherent way, but I I watched it with my headphones on, which I know Mm. is probably something which is deathly sinful, but um, I just wanted to be able to replay bits and bits and bits over again without annoying my housemates too much. And I just was so blown away 
by the musicality and I was so blown away that someone was able some someone was able to compose this it's like mm. someone was able to write this music someone was able to write this musical I wasn't even actually thinking about the fact like oh my god I get to watch Hamilton the moment that uh, Leslie Odom Julia started singing and and I could just experience that song it's probably like the equivalent of um going to see the Lion King and you watch like the beginning of Circle of Life and you kind of forget that there's a Lion King like classic Disney movie yeah you just go oh my god this is a theatre production and that's how I felt watching it good Hmm. Good. Yeah. So there we go. Kids, watch Hamilton. Um, <laughs> if you don't have Disney Plus, uh, sorry, <laughs> but you might be able Nailed to get it, it some Nailed other it. way. I, I want to quickly move on to one other little thing. Yeah, if that yeah, is all yeah, right. yeah. We've put our opinion down for Hamilton. It is a, a, a go watch. The question is now about theatre and streaming of theatre and the fact that Hamilton, a show that you can easily pay £150 a ticket to go and see um, can now be owned for £6.99. It's very hard to measure the success of streaming channels and these kind of launches because they're not going to say this many people watched it and um, and, or we got this much money through subscriptions. But if you look online, there's a lot of chatter, a lot of talk. Do you think that this will tempt any other big big shows any big um current broadway or west end shows to do something similar we haven't had wicked we haven't had the lion king we haven't had those huge west end performances i still think that there are going to be enough people who want to go and see live theater um i really hope though that the lacking numbers of people who will eventually go back because they're, they're scared about you know dipping their toe back into the water will mean that the theatre prices are hiked up. Um, mm. I hope that theatres can get enough financial support anyway. But in terms of it being it being recorded versus being live, I think there'll be enough of a want to go and see live theatre that even if the recordings do exist and even if you know Disney brings out a massive Wicked or like Frozen uh recording then then i think that people might even maybe want to go and see the live version more yeah like i'd love to go and see hamilton live now if we use disney plus so disney plus seem in the best position to do it because they own their own streaming service Mm. but if they see how popular hamilton was whether they will release the lion king or whether they will whether they will release the um aladdin or mary poppins or beauty and the beast all of these that they own that have become massive stage musicals yeah i'd rather they do that than they keep doing these live action remakes but you know i'm not a five-year-old child so Father without a father got a lot farther by working a lot harder by being a lot smarter by being the self-starter again just really thoroughly enjoyed this one this week um i thought it was the first thing that i've i've seen in a really long time where i thought like my god i just can't wait to sit down and watch that again oh good um yeah cool so we want to hear from you are you a hamilton fanatic do you think that there's going to be people not wanting to go back to the theater if they can see a recorded version instead please let us know in the comments on google Podcasts or twitter at manage expect we really appreciate your feedback uh and thank you for listening this week and have a lovely week and goodbye (laughs) Bye. bye